hey, weirdlings, Tori here. Just wanted to pop in and tell you guys a little bit about the Bark Box Super Chewer Box. With two Super Chewers in my house, I've spent hundreds of dollars trying out all kinds of, quote, indestructible toys, all of which were destructed in mere minutes of meeting my dogs. Emily had suggested BarkBox to me, but I thought there was no way that these toys were going to hold up to my dogs. But then she told me about the Super Chewer box, so we decided to try it. Even with the Super Chewer box, though, my dog Hodor had destroyed one of the toys, though it did take him longer than normal. Emily suggested I reach out to BarkBox, and I'm so glad that I did. Their amazing customer service listened to my concerns and helped me customize the type of toys and treats that I receive, and it's been smooth sailing ever since. But Super Chewer isn't just toys. You get treats and chews in every box, and you can buy extra toys and treats from their website. My dogs are like my kids, and it's Christmas every month when that Bark Box arrives. If you follow the link in our show notes, you'll get double your first box. If you have a Super Chewer, this is the box for you, and your pup will thank you. If you'd like to support Threes of Crime and get some extra perks, like early releases and bonus episodes, consider giving at patreon.com backslash Threes of Crime podcast. Hello and welcome. Thank you. What the fuck? We'll just restart that. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Threes of Crime, a true crime podcast. I'm Tori. I'm Emily. And I'm Lindsay. And that's our intro. Here we are. We are professional. Professional podcasters. We're podcasters, bitches. Welcome to, to another episode of Three's a Crime, a true crime podcast. That was a lot of energy for you, and I'm proud. Okay, boys and girls. Here we are today. Who we are. Who, who we are. Here. Here. We are. Tell us your stories. So, this is the story of Brittany Drexel. I. It's funny, I remember hearing this story... I think I heard it in 2020. I think of, I don't know how I think of time anymore, but I, I remember hearing it driving to Brittany's house because it was around the point that I thought it would. Different Brittany. Yeah, my friend Brittany. <laughs> um, I was driving to my friend Brittany's house and I, it was one of the times where I went and I'm like, oh my God, I just heard this podcast. It's this crazy story. And, you know, she's like, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, I need someone who's not you to talk to me <laughs> about with these things. It is not for everybody. Yeah. So. It's a crazy one. So 17-year-old Brittany Drexel disappeared on April 25th, 2009 in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Myrtle Vegas! <laughs> Do you know, in Myrtle Vegas, I don't know if it's still there, but there used to be a bar where they had um, a DUI machine, like, in it, or a breathalyzer oh machine in it. And That's so brilliant. you'd put it, like, a dollar or two dollars or however much it was, and you'd blow, and then it would tell you what your blood alcohol was. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's Love amazing that. and terrifying. Yes. Both, yes. Weird side note, tomorrow is April 25th. 
Oh. She was born in Rochester, New York on October 7th, 1991 to her mother, Dawn, and her father, John, who was of Turkish descent. Um, John. Lord. The only thing that is not our theme song, guys. That is an actual yeah. siren. Yeah. Yesterday there was a big fire. I t- did I not say? I think we have a fire bug in Spokane. I think we got somebody setting fires. Because yeah. there have been a lot over the last yeah, couple of weeks. Yeah, and very random. And w- random and random. Like, it was yesterday, it was like a bunch of pallets next to like an office depot or something. Oh, yeah. Um. So, Brittany's dad, John, left the family when Brittany was a baby. A few years after Brittany was born, her mother, Dawn, married a man named Chad Drexel, who ended up adopting Brittany, which is how she got her last name. Chad was in the military, and after his military service ended, the family moved to the Rochester suburb of Chile. It's spelled Chile, C-H-I-L-I, which was also a stop on the Underground Railroad. Oh, interesting. Brittany took a liking to soccer really early, and she was really good at the sport, along with being really quick despite her small stature at just five feet tall and 103 pounds. Aww. Aww. She, yeah, was she was a little nugget. She was a cute little, little nugget. Brittany was born with a rare eye disorder called persistent hyperplastic primary vitreous, vitreous in her right eye, wow. which required several surgeries and left her blind in that eye, and she wore a contact to keep it from, like wandering apparently that's a thing that happens you know because like yeah the eye isn't focusing so the muscle weakens and atrophies and it you know that's with like you do that for a lazy eye don't you yeah you want to kind of yeah and if you look at pictures of her she had uh like colored contacts in all the time so she always had blue colored contacts you know, 2009. I was going to say. <laughs> color I remember. They were, oh, they were so popular. So I bad. wanted a pair so bad, And my too. mom was like, you don't need glasses. Your shirt, you're not getting contacts just for I literally that. have brown hair and blue eyes. My mom was like, you're not getting contacts. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I want brown eyes. My mom was like, no. No, you don't. We're, that's stupid. I wanted blue. My friend growing up was Asian, so she had, like, these beautiful, dark, dark eyes and beautiful, dark hair. And I remember she got green contacts, and I just thought they were, like, the bee's knees. Oh, yeah, green with... They were, like, the bomb. Yeah. And, you know, back then, like, you could totally see that they Oh, like, yeah, it's like you can see flocked. the pixels. Yeah, you're just little. right up, like, how can you see? But, so anytime you see pictures, she has, like... Her little contacts in. She had aspirations of joining a career in nursing, cosmetology, or modeling. Brittany loved makeup, hair, clothing, and was a hashtag material girl. Oh, wow. <laughs> I put that. Okay, I was like, was this in the article where the fuck did material? No, that's okay. straight from me. Oh. She was a hashtag material girl. Dawn and Chad Drexel separated in 2008, and Chad said that it aggravated the depression from which Brittany had long mm. suffered. So mm-hmm. the 17-year-old junior at Gates Chilai High School was not only struggling in her academic performance, but her passion for soccer was also noticeably lessening after her parents split up. And this only worsened when her parents initiated divorce proceedings in 2009. She continued to live with her mother, Dawn, but kept in super close contact with her father, and she had an on-and-off boyfriend named John Greco, or Greco? G-R-I-E-C-O. So, girlfriend's 17. Her parents are getting divorced. She has this on and off boyfriend, like I said, and so they're kind of, like, at odds with each other. And she's just an all-around kind of angsty teenager who also has depression, right? Yeah. But spring break was coming up. So she was like, this is a chance for me to just, like, 
go turn off for like a weekend and yeah. it's going to be great. A bunch of kids from her school were going to make a 13-hour drive to Myrtle Beach. And of course, she wanted to go. But Brittany was a junior. And I don't know about anybody else, but we didn't have spring break vacations when I... Like, we had spring break, but it's not like people were like, oh, we're going to, like, drive to I California. Yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah, it wasn't... You didn't, like, travel for spring break. Yeah, not, like, not on until the fucking OC or whatever. No, not the OC. What do you call it? Gossip Girl. Yeah. We're not no. a gossip girl. Yeah. We did go... Um, we uh, There is... I don't know if it still is, but there was a tradition at the time that I graduated high school that when you graduated, you went down to Ocean City, Maryland... For a week, and that was senior week. I think it That's, also that, is that was after like a, we graduated. Yeah. I think it's also probably like I assume like a warm coastal thing. Like we I live in the say, Pacific yeah. Ocean, where like it's cold as fuck in the middle of right. summer. Yeah. So like I assume Florida, South Carolina, you know yeah. that the, the east side would maybe be well, more. And Myrtle Vegas is definitely your little, you know. Where is yeah. that? What is Myrtle Vegas? Myrtle Beach. Oh, why do you call it Myrtle? It's just because there's like a strip. I mean, well, there. I mean, there is. I mean, I go into it. It's so I'm just curious. I've like never been there. Myrtle Beach. Uh, so it's kind of like it's kind of like the Atlantic City of the South. Okay. And so okay. jokingly, Got we it. called it Myrtle Vegas. Okay. Okay. You know, it wasn't far. Um, it's like from Seattle. For, is it like Seattle? Yeah. For I mean, us? I don't even think it was. I don't. Know, I think it was like an hour. Oh, like it was pretty. Did close. you live here in two thousand nine? In Spokane? Yes. When did yes. you live in South Carolina? From 1999 to 2007. Oh, so literally right before this. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't have, like, spring break vacations where you traveled, so. Yeah, we didn't. Our parents didn't have the money. If, My yeah. parents didn't have the money. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Um, so, Brittany is a junior, but apparently only seniors really go. So, maybe okay. that's, like, after uh, you graduated. Yeah, yeah. The people that she was planning on going with were all older than her. And because of that, none of them were really, like, super good friends. Like, Mm. when people were interviewed later, they were kind of like, yeah, I mean, like, she kind of knew these people, but it's not like they were, like, spending the night with each other. Yeah, they're not, like, best friends. So when she asked her mom, Dawn, she's like, listen, I know it's 14 hours away. (laughs) Can I go? Her mom was like... Absolutely not. Yeah. (laughs) You will not be going. She's like, I really don't feel comfortable with that. There's no chaperones. It's real far away. You're the only junior. Yeah. (laughs) She basically begged her mom to go, but Dawn would not budge. Even Chad backed up Dawn and was like, dude, this is risky business. Like, Mm -hmm. I really don't think you should go. Her mother later said that she said no because she just had a feeling that something really, really bad was going to happen. And she said that she just knew that this whole thing was a really bad idea. Finally, Brittany gave up and she was like, you know what? Fine. I just won't go. Instead, can I stay at a friend's house for a few days in Rochester? So, and so she's like, I'm just going to stay at a friend's house, but I'm actually going to get in a car and drive with a bunch of 18 year olds that I don't know because I'm <laughs> young and I'm stupid Stup- and I think I'm going to get away with it and I'm dumb. So, wow, was this a, a personal experience of yours? Because the way you just said oh, it Oh, hell yeah, man. Like- <laughs> I made a lot. How many times I was like, uh, I'm just going to stay at Michelle's house this weekend. <laughs> and literally we were out like. Well, yeah, that's. Yes, that's. Bad. I also said that I was going to. I also. Um, I also told my mom at one point that Amanda and I were going to stay at Michelle's house when really we were driving to Pittsburgh to meet some guy named Bert that my friend had met 
on the internet. I was going to say on the internet. Oh my Who's, God. Bert. And then we go back to their apartment, which is um, in a garage, <laughs> like in a literal like parking garage. <laughs> and the first thing his roommate Ray says to me is, notice that there are no windows, so there'll be nobody to hear you scream. Oh, man, Michelle was so mad at me. She didn't talk to me for, like, a week. She was so pissed. She was like, you guys are so dumb. They could be serial killers. Oh, my God. She was right. She had yeah. every right to be pissed. Yeah. Especially yeah. because we, like, our I took her, brought her into the lie by saying that we were staying at her yeah. house. She was not happy. I wouldn't be happy. I guess, yeah, if you put it like that, if you're definitely part of a lie. Yeah, yeah. that you didn't have, Yeah. <laughs> She said I was just going to stay at my friend's house for a few days in Rochester. And her mom agreed, as long as she could talk to one of the parents first. Mm. Of course. This is going to be a very Ferris Bueller situation. When mom called, one of the friends pretended to be mom, and Dawn was like, okay, fine, you can do that. The group of friends was actually going to go to Myrtle Beach, (laughs) obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the thing, though, is that, like, my friends would have done the same for me. Like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it would have been like, oh, your mom will let you go. Like, sure, I'll pretend to be, you know. Yeah. Because when you're young, you really don't think that anything bad is going to happen to you. So here's the thing, though. Remember, she wasn't really with friends. Oh, right. She didn't oh, really yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah. She was with just kind of older girls. The friends were two girls over 18. Jennifer Oberer. Oberer. And Alana Lippa. Um, There were also their boyfriends on the trip. And Alana's boyfriend was Jennifer's brother. And then there were some other friends joining the group as well. Lots of boys. Uh, Definitely more boys. More male than female. Oh, God. The male to female ratio. Was a little off. Brittany, again, had a boyfriend, right? And he was the only one who knew that she was going. And he knew not to say anything to her parents about it. He was going to come. Okay. He, I knew you were. I knew. <laughs> he was invited, but he wasn't able to get the time off work. Mm-hmm. So he was like, he he knew she was under a ton of stress. Her parents were getting divorced. And he was like, I think you should go. Like, have fun. Blow off I, some steam. Yeah, I won't tell your parents where you are. He's like, you know, you're smart. You know what you're doing. You'll be fine. The plan was to make the trip in just a few days. And then she would call and text her mom frequently to keep her believing that she was just 15 minutes away, even though she was closer to 14 hours. God damn. Slower. Now, yeah, see, I never went up. that far. 14 like. hours. So on Thursday, April 23rd, the friends arrived at the Bar Harbor Bar Harbor Motel in Myrtle Beach, which I also looked up, is a two-star hotel that you can stay in for $49 a night. I mean, like, so there, you know, there are definitely really there are definitely nicer places in Myrtle Beach. But most people stay, Especially you know, 17 and there's year exactly. I mean, we yeah. were, you know, I stayed in some crappy ones down there in my 20s. Um, but there is like a whole street of these like sketchy ass little seaside motels. And that's where I think they were was and, on that yeah. strip. And that makes complete sense that that's yeah. where they would be. And the $49 a night was now. So it might have been, I don't know, 39 in 2009. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like they were. The pictures are disgusting. The reviews yeah. are horrendous. There's right. apparently bed bugs everywhere. Did you, do you remember, um, so remember my story about um, going to the Chippendales? Mm-hmm. That was in Myrtle Beach. Oh, fuck. It's disgusting. But everything yeah. is really close by. 
That night, they went to one of those under-21 clubs called Club Kryptonite. Oh, boy. I have a photograph of Club Kryptonite, so you can get a vibe of what kind of building this is. Three doors down, Mark's (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't this look like a medieval dining place or something? Like... Oh my god! It's this. It's closed now, but it's this super fab club. It looks like a, a baseball hat <laughs> by the power of Bristol. <laughs> so that night, the night that they arrived, they went to that under twenty one club, Club Kryptonite, and Brittany met up with a twenty year old guy named Peter Brazowitz, who she knew from Rochester. They weren't necessarily like close friends, but like acquaintances. And she's yeah. like, "Oh my god, I know you. You're here." Blah blah blah. He's a twenty year old club promoter in two thousand nine. Oh my god! So. Peter Brozowitz. Like, how do you picture, how do you think he looks? Like, what do you picture a 20-year-old club promoter in oh, 2009? Like, slimy, black, um, yeah, slimy slick back black hair. hair. Dark hair. Is it? Open collar. Oh, ah! <laughs> oh my God. Did I you call that? Did I call it? A tiny Ron from Jersey Shore. Yes. That is like, like a tiny Ron brother. from Jersey Shore. Yeah. Oh my God. This is another, like, the Puka Shell necklace. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yep. We will yep. obviously put these photos up, but like when I read he's one prime, of He's promoter. prime Myrtle Vegas. Yeah. Wow. Prime 2009 club promoter in, in Myrtle Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. yeah. That is hilarious. So Peter was at Club Kryptonite with four guys. More, more guys. Okay. Jesus. Okay. Matthew Abrams, Philip Wat- Philip Watson, Keith Cummings, and Anthony Schmizzy. Oh, Schmizzy. Oh, Schmizzy. All five of these guys were Why saying. Why does that say, Like, that's a nickname. That's not a last name. That's a nickname. That's- <laughs> I call him the Schmiz. The yeah. Schmiz. The Schmizmeister. All five guys were staying at the Blue Water Resort about 1.4 miles from the Bar Harbor Hotel. Brittany and her friends were staying at. Uh, This was just, they just hung out for a little bit, went back to their respective hotels. The next morning of Friday, April 24th, she was texting her boyfriend back in Rochester saying she really wasn't having fun. So this was day two of the trip. And again, these people aren't really her friends. And what you kind of find over time, like what you kind of feel like happens is these, it seems like maybe these girls invited her as like, definitely. To fuck with. Yeah. Like definitely. To have somebody to be. To fuck up with. upon, like, or or to have to get, to like do their shit for them, yeah, you know, like yeah. Oh, you should go get us a drink, or yeah. you should. It's you know. just yeah. So she was like texting her boyfriend. She's like, they're just kind of being like assholes to me. They're drinking a ton. They're doing like coke and shit. I don't don't Good quote me on God. that. I can't say they did quote they did coke. I didn't find that anywhere. But she was saying like they're well, doing some drugs. They're partying and stuff, pretty and, hard. Yeah, and yeah. like I just and she's like, man. Like, I kind of just wish I wasn't so far away because, like, I'm really, like, not having fun here and I wish that you were here. Oh, I hate that feeling. And, and you're trapped because you're 14 hours. Like, yeah. what are you going to do? How are you going to get home Can't otherwise? Talk, talk to your parents. Yeah, and her boyfriend was like, and at this, like, at this point, it makes more sense for her to just stay, stay than for someone to drive 14 hours to come get her. It's not right. like she went there with her own car or anything. So he's like, that sucks. Just try and, like, have fun. Like, try and have a good time. Brittany was also spending a lot of time alone because she was just like, I really don't want to be around them. She was going to the beach by herself. She was going to restaurants by herself. And she was just kind of waiting it out until she got to go home. Oh, that sounds terrible. It really does. Especially after you've, like, really put your shit on the line, too. To, like, like, be here. And now you're like, fuck, fuck, man. 
So that Friday evening, she was walking down. I called it the Strip. I don't know if anyone. That's kind of like the vibe I got was the Strip of Janky Hotels by the beach. Mm-hmm. So she was walking down the street by herself. And remember, she's in Myrtle Beach on spring break. So anyone and everyone is yeah. there. And I'm picturing like gross dudes like sticking their head out the window. Like. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like just being disgusting. Oh, I said. <laughs> I'm so funny. I said, I'm picturing gross men screaming out of their lifted truck windows. (laughs) (laughs) So she is walking down the street and she ends up seeing a younger guy kind of around her age. And she walked up to him and was like, hey, (laughs) these guys are being super fucking weird. You seem like a nice dude. Will you, like, walk me down the street? He was like, totally. He was a good guy. Nobody worried. He was from the Midwest. He was a good Midwest boy. Thank God. Yeah. As soon as I found out where he was from, I was like... (sighs) He's not going to do anything. (laughs) Um, So he ended up just being kind of close to her age. And he was like, yeah, totally. Like, I'm sorry that people are being shit. So he walks her back to her hotel. And when she gets to the hotel, the girls aren't there. They're out fucking doing whatever. And she's like, do you want to come back up to my hotel and, like, hang out for a little bit? And again, like, they didn't do anything. It was just them hanging out. There's some cell phone footage of him being like, hey, Brittany. And she's, like, out on the balcony, like, texting. And she's like, hey. Like, totally innocent. Whatever. I mean... They became friends because he's from the Midwest. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, he's basically Canadian. Yes. Yeah. So the next morning, the following morning, April 25th, Saturday, April 25th, around noon, Brittany went down to the beach with Peter, 20-year-old club promoter, and yes. his four friends. And they went out to the beach for a couple hours, and Peter, who had a car, they the boys there had a car that they were sharing. Peter drove her back to her hotel before going back to his for the night. So she called her mom once around 2 p.m. and told her mom that she was at the beach because where she was staying apparently was close to the Lake Ontario shoreline. So, like, she kind of – it was, like, 85 degrees that day. She's like, cool, you're at the beach. Obviously didn't know she was at Myrtle Beach. Beach. (laughs) Thought she was, like, 10 minutes away. She was not. And the last thing she said to her mom before getting off the phone was, Mom, I'll see you tomorrow. I love you. So – this is where things get a little weird. Oh, God. Okay. I'm going to go, like, time by time, but a lot of it is just based off of CCTV and that kind of thing, so we don't know all of her whereabouts. Go, is it time after time? Time after time. <laughs> that was a nice moment. You must, you and you will find me. Time after time. That was... <laughs> Like, are we a, are we a band? We're a band. Now. We're band. a band. Three AC band. Love yeah. that band. Podcast so, and band to book us today. <laughs> <laughs> we will not sound good if you book us as a band. No, <laughs> so we'll not. But it'll be I mean, fun. you can book us. We'll take your money though. We'll just sit there oh, like yeah. ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just sing a bunch of Lincoln Park that I can remember. Because <laughs> I just scream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. This day, Saturday, April 25th. So around 8 p.m., Brittany borrows a pair of shorts from one of those two girls. Oh, no. And... It's <laughs> never... That was funny. Wait. <laughs> like, Did she have permission? I think it's funny that when I said she finds some dude in the street and, like, asks him to walk around, you guys are just like, yeah, yeah uh-huh. okay. But then I'm like, when she borrows, borrows a pair of shorts, shorts, Lindsay's like, oh, oh fuck. <laughs> oh, some bad shit's gonna go down. 
because we know what bitchy girls are yeah, like. Yeah, I was going to say. I would trust a, I would trust a 20-year-old club promoter she, more than I would trust yes, a teenage she, girl. I believe did yes. get permission. It was okay. like, it was like, hey, we're going out. Those shorts are really cute. Like, girl, yeah. you know, go grab my outfit or whatever. I borrow them. She's like, sure. So at 8 p.m., she borrows a pair of shorts from her friend. I assume she was allowed to. And planned to meet up with 20-year-old club promoter Peter. I just, I have to add that. His name is not Peter. It's 20-year-old club promoter Peter. Okay. I think that's appropriate. It is, yeah. So she planned to meet up with him, and I had heard it was because when he had dropped her off earlier at her hotel, she left her flip-flops in his car. So she's like, hey, can I come over really quick and, like, get my flip-flops? And he's like, sure. That's what they always say. (laughs) Honestly, so my flippy thing flaps. <laughs> so at 8.15 p.m., Brittany is seen on a traffic camera walking alone and texting on her phone. We find out later she was texting her boyfriend, John, and she was also texting Peter. So she was just walking the 1.4 miles to get them back. You can see CCTV footage of her walking into the hotel lobby and going into the boys' room. She's wearing a very 2009 white, gray, and teal tank top, flip-flops, black shorts, and a beige purse. Oh. Yeah. So that's yeah, just that's like very, at very 2000, that, yeah, 2009. Yeah. So you see her walking in. We know that she went into the boys' room for about 10 minutes. And then 10 minutes later, you see her exiting the hotel. She was leaving because while she was in the room, she received a text message from Jennifer The black shorts were apparently Jennifer's, and Jennifer sent her a text saying she wanted them back right now. Oh, wow. And Brittany is like, well, I'm a mile and a half away. Uh, Can, like, I give them to you tomorrow or whatever? She's like, no, I need them now. And she's like, you want me to walk back right now and give them to you? The other reason I said, oh, no. And why I said, did she have permission? (laughs) So she, she's like, no, I need you to bring them back to me right now. Brittany's like, why would you let me borrow them if you're just going to ask them, ask for them back after I've walked a mile and a half away? So at 8.48 p.m., annoyed and frustrated, Brittany leaves and heads back to her hotel. It is after dark at this point. It's 8.48, almost 9 p.m. I put it into my Apple Maps, and it would take 30 minutes to walk from the boys' hotel back to hers, and it would have just been a five-minute drive. Mm. So why did nobody drive her? Right. So she's walking by herself while walking back. She's texting her boyfriend, John, again, saying how miserable she is. She's like, I am just fucking ready to come home, dude. I'm not even going to go out tonight. We're coming home in the morning. I'm just going to walk straight back to the hotel, pack my shit and go to bed. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to be home tomorrow. At 8.58 p.m., so 10 minutes later, she sends her last text message to John. There's no sign of her on any CCTV footage between the Blue Rotter Resort and Bar Harbor Hotel. After a few minutes of not responding, John starts to kind of panic a little. He knew she was out walking by herself, and the fact that she wasn't responding, he was like, what the fuck? Yeah. So by 9 p.m., he's frantically texting her and telling her, like, if you don't respond to me right now, I'm going to call your parents and tell them everything. Because he knew, like, she was going to be like, no, please don't do that. And when she didn't respond to that, he's like, oh, fuck. So he immediately calls her mom. And he's like, she's in Myrtle Beach. Something's wrong. I can't get a hold of her. Like, there's something wrong. God, can you imagine, as a parent, the terror that would fill you? Yeah. No, because here's how I assume the conversation going. Like, there's something wrong with Brittany. I can't get a hold of her. And then the mom's like, okay, well, she's 10 minutes away. Like, let's go find her. And then he's like, oh, also, she's in Myrtle Beach. Now mom is like, 
So we can't get a hold of her, and she's also literally like a day away. Forever away. Oh yeah. my god. Rue. Rue is playing with a cat. <laughs> If you've been listening to us for a while, you probably know that all three of us are obsessed with our dogs. Something you might not know is Tori and I actually met through a rescue organization. Between myself, Tori, and Lindsay, we have nine dogs, so you know what that means. We need a lot of toys in our house. We are so excited to announce that we have partnered with BarkBox. I have been a loyal BarkBox customer for, I think, five or six years now. My dogs are crazy, insane chewers, so I actually had to upgrade them to their super chewer box, and my dogs are obsessed with it. They literally recognize the package and, like, growl at me until I open it, and they get a new one every single month. They know, you guys. They know. I know Tori and Lindsay just signed up for theirs and their dogs are loving it. I'm telling you, the people probably love the toys more than the dogs, but I don't even care. It's the cutest thing you've ever seen watching them get so excited over new toys. Check out the link in our show notes to get double the amount of toys in your first box when you sign up for BarkBox today. Your doggos will thank you. So her mom was initially pissed at f- for going oh, yeah. for finding out her kids in South Carolina without her permission, but the anger quickly turned to fear when she realized that they could not only reach her, but she was 14 hours away from them. Um, John is apparently amazing and had the cell phone numbers of Jennifer and Alana. Wow. I, know, I don't know. I don't know how he smart man, but yeah. he also 10 out of 10 for this whole family and the boyfriend, like the action they took as soon as girlfriend they gave a was, fuck. yeah, like it went quick. So John had the phone numbers of the two friends and gave it to Don. Don called Jennifer and Alana and neither of the girls answered. Jennifer and Alana are, you know, still, I don't know. Waiting we- for her shorts. Yeah. <laughs> being cunts. <laughs> Jennifer's still waiting for her shorts. She's being a fucking bitch. So John gives the phone numbers of Jennifer and Alana to Don. Don calls. Neither girl answers. And Don leaves voicemails on both phones saying, you guys, do you know what happened to her? Do you know where she is? Do you know what's going on? To this day, Jennifer and Alana have never responded or spoken to anyone in Brittany's family. Oh, what? they never called her back at all. Like, like wow. what the fuck? Holy shit. Luckily, club promoter Peter did answer his phone. Of course. He tells her mom she was here for 10 minutes and then she got a text from Jennifer about her shorts and then she left. Like, that's all oh. I know. Mm-hmm. Don called the police immediately, but red tape is stupid and they needed yep. someone physically in the state to file her as a missing person. So luckily, they had a family friend a couple hours away in North Carolina, also named John. There's like three Johns in this story. His name was John, John Hahn. John Hahn. John Hahn, who was willing to drive to South Carolina to officially report her missing. Um, he was like two hours away versus like the 14. Yeah. The family at this point packs up their shit and they're all headed to South Carolina to find Brittany. John Hahn is a motherfucking saint and not only filed the report, but he also went to her hotel to wow. get a better timeline of like, because at this yeah. point he doesn't know about the CCTV footage or anything. Oh well, yeah, you don't think about that shit when you're Right. Like he obviously yeah. hasn't seen it or anything yet. She's been missing for like 12 hours. No, it's probably less than that. I don't know why I said 12 hours. Just don't listen to me. So when he's talking to the hotel people, the hotel. You're like, it may not have been 12 hours. Don't listen to me. I'm only the one telling the story. (laughs) Sometimes I say things and I'm like, I need to clarify that that's not an actual thing that's in the story. That's just me talking. So he went to the hotel to get a better timeline of Brittany's whereabouts and learned that she never actually arrived back at the hotel. 
So at some point between the hotels is obviously when she was picked up. And it's about 10 minutes from when she left the first one. As John Hahn is talking to police, he also tries to call the, to call the girls again. And of course, again, they don't answer. So they go to the room where Brittany was staying and nobody was in there. John- well, I would think at this point they wouldn't know if maybe those girls were missing too. Oh, yeah, that's you true. You know, if they couldn't get a hold of them, maybe they thought that's a good all three point. of them were. That's a good point. We immediately go to, fuck these girls. Yeah, I'm immediately like, drama. Fuck. They were fine, by bitches. the way. They were out partying. That's why say, they weren't answering. I'm sure the they texted her dr- drunk and was like, let's have her bang your shorts. That'd <laughs> 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 be so funny if you texted her and was like, I need my shorts back, like, right now. It's funny. Oh, my God, I'm going to. I had a friend who, like, I gave a bunch of clothes to when I was, like, 16. I think she was a year older than me. And I gave a bunch of clothes to her, and I had accidentally given her, like, a pair of pants that I didn't mean to, like, put in the pile. And I asked for them back, and she told me no. Oh, she was like, "No, you gave them to me," and I was like, "But I, it, but <clears throat> I didn't mean to give you those." She's like, "Sorry," and I was like, "Wow, that's super fun." Girls are fucking weird, dude. Girls like, are mean. Girls are weird the and worst. mean, and like this is why I was always friends with a large amount of dudes. Yeah, I was too. The police were the ones who called Alana, and Alana picked up when the police called. I would hope, so. and they they're like. We're the police. Brittany Drexel is missing. You guys were the the people who came with her here. Do you know where she is? And they're literally at a club. And Alana goes, we haven't seen her. I don't know where she is. And the police are like, uh, like, didn't you come here with her? Like, what the fuck? And they're like, yeah, I don't know. She just like went off and like did her own thing. I don't know where she is. So police call club promoter Peter and his friends again and they start asking more questions to get a better a better timeline of the weekend. And so they told police they met up with her at Friday on Friday at Club Kryptonite, but something weird that I don't know if it matters or not, it was actually Thursday that they met with her, her at Club Kryptonite. So I don't that's just an interesting little I don't know hmm. if it was like an accident or like something more sinister. But okay. he had the day wrong. Okay. What they learned from Alana was that her and Jennifer we're planning on switching hotels that night and leaving Brittany in the hotel room by herself. By herself. What a fucking cunt bag. And not switching rooms. They were planning on switching hotels. Like actual hotels. Were they planning on leaving her in fucking Myrtle Beach too? I I mean, okay, so. It sounds like Again, it. like it's all, <laughs> the only facts I have are like what they've said, you know? So like yeah. they, I mean, I'm sure they were like, oh yeah, she knew about it. But like it really seems like. No. I'm going to say as mean girls go, they're going to leave. Well, and why wouldn't, and here's the other thing too, though. Weren't they supposed to be leaving that day? Like That's the other thing was like, why would they be, why would you, why would they spend their last night at a different hotel if they're just going to leave? Right. The story is really weird. And I'm just going to, it's unsolved. Obviously, I mean, she's disappeared. So far, nothing. I think I know what happened. And I'm curious if you guys will feel the same way when I'm done, but just weird little. Mm hmm. So not only were Alana and Jennifer planning on switching hotels that night, at 2 a.m. at the Blue Water Resort, club promoter Peter and his friends left to go back to Rochester. 
Mm. At 2 a.m. You After decide to probably... go to Myrtle Beach at 2 a.m. You don't decide to leave Myrtle Beach at 2 a.m. Yeah. This was a couple hours after they found out Brittany was missing. Ooh. They left Doesn't their good kids. They left their deposit and Ooh. tons of items in the room. Clothing, oh. things Clothing. like that. Just like... They was on the run. <laughs> My <Sorry. laughs> They was on the run. I don't I really love that. Know that was that a ten out of ten. I was obsessed with that. So interesting that they all left back home for two a.m. So mm-hmm. here's the thing. I could see how there could be two sides to this. I think that I think these people are shady. I'm just going to put that out there. But the yeah. other argument is like they're a bunch of teenagers. A girl went missing. What if they're like, oh my god, Jesus Christ! Like a girl went missing. Like we should probably go home. I mean, maybe, but they all you seem- would take your shit. Like, the fact that they were just, and like... teenagers leaving a deposit somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Right. That was the other like, thing. I was like, as an adult, I won't leave a deposit somewhere. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, 17. it's... Uh, mm, Mm-mm. I that, feel nefarious that activities. Them, yeah, that does that gives them too much credit that I don't yeah. think they deserve. No. Both the girls and the dudes. As soon as they got back to Rochester, Peter got a lawyer, which some people also think of as suspicious. I Me mean, personally, if I was if they were like, "Hey, Lindsay went missing while you were in Myrtle Beach," I would I would definitely be like, I'm, "Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting a lawyer." Like, yeah. So, it's but it does still look shady. Weird. It's yeah, weird. it's still weird because has have the police like even talked? They to haven't them? even said she's tech. I mean, she's been missing for a day now. Okay, so. I don't know. I mean, he wasn't, he was, he was one of the first people that they looked at, but he was eventually cleared. Interesting. I don't know how he was cleared, but he was cleared. He was a person of interest. I'm sorry, not a suspect. Okay. Um, Immediately looked at as a person of interest, but he was eventually cleared. Well, because, I mean, evidence-wise, she's leaving. Mm Mm-hmm. She's seen on video leaving. Mm Mm-hmm. So the next day on Sunday... Dawn, Chad, her biological dad, John, her boyfriend, John, and Dawn's parents all went to Myrtle Beach to hand out flyers and search for Brittany. Is it it me or is anybody else getting, like, Natalie Holloway vibes? Mm. Oh, my God. I haven't heard the Natalie Holloway story in a long time. They were in Aruba. Yeah. And... She was with the two guys, and they were like, oh, we dropped her off. That's right. That's a long time ago I heard that story. Mm. So once they all arrive in Myrtle Beach, they find that there's been zero activity on her bank account, debit card, or text messages or calls going out from her phone. No Which activity. is not normal for a teenage girl. Right. But when they start looking into cell phone pings, ping. they find a ping. <laughs> Um, so remember, let's see, the time of her last text message was 8.58 p.m. So they find that at 9.27 p.m., her phone pinged going south on Route 17 on the way to Surfside Beach about seven miles away. The pings showed her phone were moving fast enough to have been in a car. So oh. either she was in a car with her phone or her phone was moving in a vehicle. More pings were shown at 10.18 p.m., and the last one was at 11.58 p.m., where her phone pinged for the last time 40 miles away in Georgetown County before the phone shut off completely. Mm. This area is close to a boat landing on the North Santee River and is completely desolate with tons of alligators, snakes, boars, and other wild animals. The pings showed that the driver took the the phone straight to this location. There was no stopping. There were no (laughs) U-turns. They're like, like straight to this location. 
whoever took her there knew exactly where they were going. After 11 days of searching with helicopters and dogs, they found nothing, and the family was forced to return to Rochester. And one month after Brittany went missing, is that right? Okay. A short time after Brittany went missing, I don't actually, it says one month, but I want to say it was longer than that. I don't know. Sometime after Brittany went missing, a man named Sean Taylor was arrested trying to abduct a 20-year-old girl outside the Blue Water Resort at around 4 p.m. Now, remember, mm. if she was plucked off the street, it would have been between 8.30 and 9 p.m. Yeah. Dark. However, it's, I again, I've never been to this strip, but I assume it's, like, fairly busy hopping at fucking 9 p.m. What um what time of year was this again? Because Spring it may, break. So it, so it may not have been that dark at 8.30. Okay. That's fair. I I haven't lived on the East Coast for so long, I can't really... Because like here in this in the spring summer, you right. know it's. But. Well, I my, either way, like he picked he allegedly tried to pick up this girl at four p.m., which is a weird time. Yeah, mm-hmm. usually yeah. things like this are after dark. Yes. Like right. you know, just so remember how there were tons of Johns. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's also tons of Shans. Oh no, John John. There's no. you'll, it's gonna be fine. I got it all, but like just so you know, so. Sean Taylor was arrested for trying to abduct a 20-year-old girl outside the Blue Water Resort, and that was the resort that Peter was staying at. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Weird. Yes. yes. Allegedly, he and another man jumped out of a van and tried to grab her while she was walking on the strip. She got away, and he was arrested, but was let off because he had an alibi. What? What? I know. I couldn't really find more information. Like, some, Like, she was like, yeah, it's him, and he was like, it's not. It was, I wasn't, and he apparently had an alibi. I don't know what his alibi was. That's so fucking weird. So, here's where it gets really weird. About a year after this, another man, so the first man was Sean Taylor. This man's name is Timothy Deshaun Taylor, was brought in and questioned by the FBI because several other people in the area had suggested they look into him for the disappearance of Brittany Drexel. Wait a minute, though. Is it... A different guy or the same guy? Timothy Deshaun Taylor is the son of Sean Taylor. Oh. What the fuck? So Sean Taylor was allegedly the one who picked up the girl in the van. And people around town said you should look into his son, Timothy Deshaun Taylor, mm. for the disappearance of Brittany Drexel. My God. What? This names. It's too much. So Sean Taylor is mostly out of the, He really, it, that was the only okay. important part. Timothy Deshaun Taylor is the one we're going to stick with. Tim. Tim. Timmy. Little Timmy. Tim Tim. Timmy. 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> Eight more months go by after this. Yeah. So he's brought in and questioned by the FBI, but he's like, I don't know who she is. I've got nothing. And it was just tips. They were like, you should look into this guy. We think he had something to do with it. Yeah. Eight more months go by and nothing. No more evidence. No more information until they receive a tip. And the tip led them to the area of Georgetown where the phone had pinged, and they found a pair of sunglasses there. So they spent 11 days searching that area say. with helicopters, dogs, and I think I read there were like 800 searchers, like a wow. lot of people. And they didn't find any clothing, any jewelry, any shoes, any nothing. And they find this pair of sunglasses that were brand fucking new. They were swabbed for DNA, and there was none. 
So the theory is that whoever called in this tip had probably placed the sunglasses there as a way to lead investigators away from the location of the body. Or the other thing is it could be, it, they could be, be like, Brittany hey, Drexel's sunglasses. Look, yeah. yeah. They could have been bought and placed there. They could have been Brittany Drexel's sunglasses. Or they could be someone else's and no DNA. They were obviously cleaned. So That's weird. weird. That's the weird. That's, That's the weird also part. the weird part. Yeah. So nothing happened again until 2016, seven years after her disappearance. Timothy Deshaun Taylor, that the son, was brought in again in 2011 because he had robbed a Mount Pleasant McDonald's where an employee was shot twice. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mount Pleasant Charleston? I don't know. Or Mount Just Pleasant, South Carolina? Probably South Carolina. That's real close to Charleston. He served a few years probation because he was the getaway driver, but the, which is funny because we were talking <laughs> yeah. about, uh, what is it called? What's the term called? Uh, accomplice liability. Yeah, thank you. So, but it was weird because other members of the robbery got like a ton of time and this bro got like 14 months of probation. They robbed a Mount Pleasant McDonald's employee was shot twice and he was only given a few years probation is what it was. I think it was two years. McDonald's worth it, man. Come on. I mean, yeah. Just poop it out. So the FBI actually used this to bring him back in to talk about Britney because he, they originally questioned him. He's like, I don't fucking know anything. So they're like, he's already here. (laughs) Let's Let's just ask about Britney. So, let's talk about Taquan Brown. Taquan Brown, at this exact same time that the FBI is questioning Timothy Deshaun Taylor. I'll just call him Tim. At the same time, an inmate at McCormick Correctional Institute Institution in South Carolina named Taquan Brown, who was serving 25 years for an unrelated manslaughter conviction, sent a letter to officials saying he knows what happened to Brittany Drexel. Don't you hate that? When you're right in the middle of a really good story and you're interrupted by a perfectly poorly timed commercial, if this ad is super annoying to you, you should probably head over to our Patreon where you not only get bonus episodes, but all of the episodes you hear come with zero ads. Zero ads means zero interruptions. Head over to patreon.com slash threes of crime podcast to listen now. He claims to have seen her four separate times over a month. He said it involved being held captive, an assault, a gun, and alligators. Oh, my God. She's like. (laughs) They obviously talked to Taquan Brown. (laughs) And uh, and here's the thing. They said, listen, if you want to tell us what happened to Brittany Drexel, tell us. But you're not going to get any time off your sentence. We're not going to give you any deals. Like, wow. if you tell us, you're just telling us to get it off your chest. We're not giving you anything for it. And he's like, I'm doing it. I'm telling you. Wow. Because the argument was he only did it. Yeah. But no time shaved off his sentence. Wow. He says that the people involved were, in fact, Timothy Deshaun Taylor and his father, Sean Taylor. Back in 2009, he says he went to a stash house in McClellanville, which is the same spot right around where in Georgetown County where her phone pinged for the last time. So he says he went to a stash a stash house in McClellanville. That I'm assuming like by the where they their, where they keep their drugs. And right? guns and like yeah. it's, a, it's like a rundown there was a like a I don't remember what documentary I watched like a hundred for this. It's but like it showed the house shit. and it was like definitely looked like a house in the middle of Hilliard with like toilets on the front fucking lawn. <laughs> No offense to our Hilliard fans. I was just gonna I was waiting. Yeah, but everyone in Hill you know that there's like 
There are definitely nicer and less nice parts of Hilliard. Spokane in general. But I mean, that kind of house is just down the street from me. Like a couple houses down is that kind of house. Three streets down from me is like Ratchet City. So there's little pockets all over Spokane. It's fun. It's true. So he says in 2009, he went to a stash house in McClellanville. So he said he was going there to do a deal with Sean Taylor. Some drug deal. And he said that as he walked through the house, he saw Brittany. He said that she was tied up being trigger warning. <laughs> hey, trigger warning. <laughs> um, he said that she was tied up, being held against her will. She had a black eye and was being sexually trafficked by 8 to 12 other men in the mm. house. I think I meant to say sexually, uh, not trafficked. Um, Abused? Yeah, but that wasn't, yes. But I was wondering if she was being I mean, that has to do That's with it too. That's the first but... thing that popped in my head. I was yeah. like, oh. that she was trafficked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he walks, he, he, <laughs> let me just set the scene. <laughs> Picture a home with toilets all in the front lawn. <laughs> there's car parts. There's maybe a fridge or two out there. Just general, like. Large, many cars like, that uh, are dead. What was that show? The oh. one that's like. Bum, 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 bum. Do you know what I'm talking about? But Where the I guy hate that I like, know the song the and I don't lives. know what show you're talking but about. I can't think of the fucking name. Oh my god, you... Sanford and Son. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they had like a junkyard, mm-hmm. right? So, <laughs> I, can't, I couldn't remember the name of the show, but I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> um. So he walks in and he sees her, and she. I saw that she was like tied up to the wall. Oh, fuck. And let me tell you that it used a term that I ended up Googling and immediately regretted my choice. A term called bunnying, mm. which is where someone is tied up and just being raped. Yeah. It was so great. That's in my history now. So mm. he, he, he literally sees her and he's like, oh, it's cool. And just keeps fucking walking because, you know, he's there to do a drug deal. Mm-hmm. And um, so he says he walks through the house. He walked back to finish his transaction with Sean. And while he was out there, he said Brittany made a run for it. She fucked it. Booked Whoa. it out the back door. He said men immediately chased her, pistol whipped her in the face, and then dragged her back inside the house. Oh, my God. Brown said he heard gunshots coming from inside the house. And then he saw two men come out of the house with a rolled up with a rolled up rug where they threw it, they threw it into the back of a truck. And then he said that he saw them throw it into a pit of alligators. Later. This is a rough part. Ooh, girl. Chad Drexel, her dad told, told police that while they were in Myrtle beach, initially searching for Brittany and handing out flyers, they were going on back roads and they were stopping cars that were driving by and being like, my kid's missing. Have you seen her? He said he was driving on a back road and he stopped a car full of a bunch of guys. And he said the guys in the back were whispering to each other. And as he's explaining that Brittany is missing and he's her father, I'm here to look for her. He told police that he handed the driver the flyer and the driver crumpled it up, threw it at him, and they all drove away laughing. Gross. He noticed that the driver only had one arm. And when he found out that the, or when he talked to the FBI, the FBI said that was Timothy Deshaun Taylor. Oh my God. And when he said, how do you know that was him? They said, well, not only did he, does just, he has one arm, in case you were wondering. Yeah. Uh, but he told us that he saw you. 
When we questioned him and asked if he knew anything, he said, you stopped him on the side of the road and handed him a flyer. And he was asked in an interview, did you crumple it up and throw it at him? And he's like, nope, I didn't do it. And Chad Drexel. So for the father to come face to face with who ends up being the biggest part of this story is horrifying. Like, yeah, especially after you realize. Yeah. Like, no. Oh, my God. When Timothy Deshaun Taylor was asked about his involvement, he denied it again, and he was given a polygraph. During the polygraph, he told the FBI about an argument he overheard. This was the only, only, um... Truthful thing? (laughs) No, actually. But the only, uh... Thing that would tie him to Brittany Drexel. He's like, oh, yeah, I don't know anything about her. But this is the one thing he said that had to do with her. So they gave him the polygraph. And he said he heard an argument in June, overheard an argument in June of 2016 between two people whose names have been redacted from the whatever it's called. Um, Yeah. About one of them having Brittany Drexel's cell phone. And the polygraph showed that he was telling the truth about the phone, but deceptive about the details. Oh. So just an interesting, he failed the polygraph, like with flying colors. But um, that was the only time he was seen being somewhat truthful is he allegedly overheard a conversation about what people should do with her cell phone. So weird. Upon further interviewing Taquan Brown, that prisoner, said five days after he saw the rolled up rug get tossed into an alligator pit. He went to visit his cousin Herman in Jacksonboro to show him a car that he had just bought. The house was about 80 miles from McClellanville, where he said he saw the rug fiasco. He said when he got inside to his cousin's house, Brittany was there and alive and sitting in a lazy boy chair. After the... With two black eyes, obviously drugged. After the rolled up rug, hearing two gunshots inside... He thought it was her, right? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you yeah. would assume yeah. she tried to run and then... Mm-hmm. 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 Brown told the FBI that in late May 2009, he and a friend were walking to his cousin Herman's house when they saw a group of men with Brittany, including a man, a man he only identified as Nate. He said he saw Nate shoot her with a double-barrel shotgun two times, and Taquan Brown and his friend just turned around and bounced. He said that he was... It was like... There was, uh, like, a forested area to the side of, like, this dirt road leading up to his cousin's house. And he said they just walked around there, shot her, and they were like, okay, and turn around and bounced. So four times total he saw her over a month that she was alive. So he says he knows for a fact they put her body, or at least parts of it, into an alligator pit. Herman has since died of a heart attack, so we have no way of knowing his involvement. Um, And one of the witnesses was murdered. And the friend who was with Taquan, who they both were like, no, we're not fucking doing this, was unable to be questioned because they couldn't, I don't know if they couldn't figure out who it was or couldn't find him or what. It was really vague, but they couldn't, like, corroborate that. But some witnesses have confirmed this story with the FBI. So it kind of seems like it would probably be the most logical answer um so the fbi has confirmed that they know she was held for a period of time and sexually assaulted before she was killed oh wow um so i mean just from what taquan brown said i mean she he saw her four times over a month say and he said that she was alive so but they said that they know that she was sexually assaulted and 
sexually assaulted before she was killed. Um, the FBI has also confirmed that several people saw her, assaulted her, and knew that she was there. Wow. Because she was being So basically his story was, so she wasn't actually dead the first time, but she's dead now. I think his story was he thought that she was, like, he assumed that it was her the first time, and then apparently, I don't know what his cousin had to do with it, though. So I don't know how, I don't know. I don't know. But you know what I'm saying? Like, that's yeah. his story. First he's like, oh, she's dead. And then he comes back and he's like, well, she wasn't dead then, but now she's dead. Like, douche. I believe him more than any of them. Taquan said, quote, after she was killed, some of her remains were buried in a garden, and after some time went by, they removed it from the garden area. He said when her remains were dug up, some were taken to an alligator pit, and some were placed in a stolen RV and taken to a scrapyard, which is an interesting way of doing things because you just drop it off at a scrapyard and the whole thing gets crushed. I was just thinking that, fuck, how much shit mm-hmm. is lo- like in cars or Ooh, whatever. Interesting. A nearby neighbor's RV was stolen around this time. Oh my God. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Another inmate corroborated this corroborated the story by saying she was abducted from Myrtle Beach and taken to McClellanville to be trafficked, but when her face showed up everywhere, they had to kill her before they were caught. In 2016, Timothy Deshaun Taylor had a hearing about his 2011 McDonald's robbery fiasco, and during the hearing, U.S. Attorney Winston Holiday questioned FBI agent, I don't know if it's Jarek or Garrick, I assume it's Jarek, Munoz, about the robbery. So, Munoz drops at this trial for McDonald's that he's another, he's also a suspect in the Brittany Drexel case. So... I have a theater time for you. Okay. There's three parts, so all three of us get to be in it. Yay! Is Timothy Deshaun Taylor a subject or target of your other investigation? He's a target of another ongoing investigation now involving, again, kidnapping, human trafficking, and murder. And where did this kidnapping, human trafficking, and murder take place? It was in McDonald's. Oh, no, McClareville. <laughs> it was in McDonald's. McDonald's. <laughs> it was in McClareville. McDonald's. There's no McDonald's. And as far as establishing evidence of what happened in McClellanville on these three potential charges, have you talked to people? What is the basis of the... What's the basis of your investigation at this point? We've had several... People, we've had several people have come up and give us testimony outlining Mr. Taylor's involvement in this particular case. And if you would, what was Mr. Taylor's involvement in this case and the primary investigation? That's how I'm going to refer to the abduction and murder is the primary investigation. A direct involvement as far as actually, according to some testimony that we have, actually being the person to actually kidnap the the individual. And who is the individual who was abducted? The individual was Brittany Drexel. And where was she abducted from? She was abducted from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And then once... As far as the abduction itself goes, is there evidence that Deshaun Taylor was involved in the abduction? We do have witness testimony, yes. And what did that witness testimony indicate to you, or what did it tell you? Of his direct involvement with actually being with I'd like to know. (laughs) 
I'd like to know also if these witnesses saw it happen or heard it happen or what the basis is. We're getting into hearsay, hearsay, hearsay. Who am so I? Is that the judge? Fucking... Yeah, that's the judge. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely, Your Honor. As far as the first witness that you spoke to regarding the abduction, what was that witness? An eyewitness or somebody who the facts have been related to? Yes, sir. The person was an eyewitness. And what did that person see? Okay. They actually saw Mr. Taylor with Brittany Drexel at the point where she was actually being sexually abused. Okay. And did that take, well, where was that taking place? In McLeanville. Was it at a house, an apartment, vacant lot, an automobile? Where was that? It was at something, a stash house that they that they had. It wasn't somebody's permanent residence, but people did stay there regularly. What kind of stash house are you talking about? <laughs> as far as this place, uh, okay, sorry. As far as this was a place that they would go and hang out. Not like a country club <laughs> hangout for individuals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to leave that little That's gem in there. Terrible. But it's not the, like a country club. Yeah. Anymore. But this is a place where they would typically go and, you know, just hang out and get away from their families. You didn't mean stash houses in drugs? That's how the term of art is used in my mind. There was some drug use in there that we know of, but that's not something that we're charging at this point. And as far as the witness is aware, he actually saw Brittany Drexel at the house. Yes, this was actually an eyewitness. Yes. And there was a sexual assault that was taking place when he went through the house. Yes, and he actually, I think, just stated that he actually saw Mr. Taylor, you know, sexually abusing Brittany Drexel at the time that he came into the house with a couple of other gentlemen. And was Mr. Taylor the only one who was engaged in that activity? He was not. There were others. There were others there. Wow. And did this witness, uh, how did events play out from there? Let me put it this way. Why was that individual at the house in the first place? He was there for, for some financial. He was actually there, say financial, but he was there to give money to Mr. Taylor's father. And his father, uh, what's his name? His father's name is Sean Taylor. And the context of that financial transaction taking place between the witness and Sean Taylor, what transpired? Was that in the house or outside the house? The witness that we have and said that he was with the father just outside the house, but he passed through the house to get to the other side. That's when he saw Deshaun Taylor and the others with Brittany Drexel. During the course of their conversation, Brittany Drexel ran out of the room. She was then described as pistol whipped and brought back into the house at that point the father sean taylor goes back into the house and actually he hears two shots fired and he is assuming at that point that the father had actually shot the daughter or shart shart <laughs> he she shart or shart shot Jeez. fuck or he shot Brittany drexel and then Drexel was then wrapped up and taken away from the house. And again, that's all events that this particular witness saw. Yes, sir. This is the eyewitness testimony. Have you made effort, efforts to corroborate this version of events? Absolutely, sir. 
we've been, you know, of course we had our press conference back in April and we've been getting, you know, tidbits of information from the community, but we also have other testimony that's coming in secondhand information that is corroborating the story. Okay, let's let's get into the secondhand information a little bit. But going into the next one, where did the next conversation take place? Okay, this happened recently here up at Georgetown Penitentiary, where we interviewed a prisoner, and there are several more in line that has put Mr. Taylor again directly with Brittany Drexel. In what respect put him with her? He was the one that actually picked her up from Myrtle Beach. No, no, I'm saying, so you've got an inmate at the Georgetown Jail, or you said penitentiary, I'm not sure. Uh, I said penitentiary. I'm sorry. Georgetown Detention Center. And there's an inmate who witnessed something or who heard about something? He got it from somebody who saw it. So secondhand information. Uh, And okay. And if you would relate to the judge what that person related to investigators about what was seen. Okay. He said that Deshaun Taylor actually picked her up from Myrtle Beach brought her back down to McLeanville, showed her off, introduced her to some other friends that were there. And they ended up, you know, from what we understand, without going too much into it and going through all the testimony, they ended up tricking her out with some of their friends, offering offering her to them and getting a human trafficking situation. And then when it became a problem, there was actually some press that came out with her disappearance that she was murdered and disposed of. Was her body ever found? Miss Drexel was never found. Not yet. Based on, well, did any witnesses tell you, and I also want you to tell the judge the basis for how they might have known, did any witnesses tell you what happened to Miss Drexel's body? Yes, several witnesses have told us that Miss Drexel's body was placed into a pit or a gator pit to have her body disposed of, eaten by the gators. So these are witnesses not who saw it, but just who heard the bot. Just who heard the body? <laughs> that is correct. Great. <laughs> you are correct, sir. <laughs> judge. All right. Is there anything else the judge needs to know? I know you stated at a certain level, as far as the investigation goes, have we omitted any witnesses that you'd like to inform the judge about regarding the circumstances here? Again, everything that we've got right now is still secondhand information, but we are working on, again, we have some witnesses that are about to come forward that we we believe have direct testimony. Firsthand information as far as they actually witnessed and saw that is going to put Mr. Taylor directly involved in that situation with Ms. Drexel. And again, we feel that he is definitely a threat to the community. That's why we're here, and that's why I'm testifying. End scene. They were tricking her out. Isn't that gross? I I have not heard that in so long. Yeah, and And that's like, I mean, that was his direct quote was like, they introduced her to their friends and tricked her out. The first thing I thought was, we are tricking out a car. This is what it's so gross. I like pimp of. my ride. Yes, that's what I thought of. <laughs> I was like, they're pimping. <laughs> I know my ride. You're probably going to get to this, but do we have any? Like, is there? Had she met him? Either of these men before during that week? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, so not that like they would have pulled up and been like, "Oh, hey, Brittany, let us give you a ride mm. home." So they would have had to like snatch her. Yes. Okay. But what the theory is that we'll talk about more is 
some people think club promoter and the girls and all the boys set her up to be taken. Or something along those lines. Okay. Because mm-hmm. the other thing is, like, she could have been picked for all, I mean, I'll just use Peter as an example. She could have been picked up by Peter, who took her all the way there and was like, hey, I have your flip-flops, and yeah. I'm all, I'll just drive you back to your hotel or whatever. I don't know what he did. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there are lots of people who could have just snatched her up off the street, whether right. it's someone she knew or not. While authorities brought federal charges against Timothy Taylor in hopes of spurring a confession, a confession never came. Timothy Deshaun Taylor's mother, who is Sean Taylor's wife, thinks this entire thing is nonsense. She pointed out that her son, she said, my son only has one arm. Like, she used that as, like, how would he get out of the car and, like, snatch her? And, of course, they're like, well, he could have been the driver, you know? He he could have totally been involved without being the person who picked her up. there's been a lot of dudes around this guy. Yeah, so she pointed out, like, my son only has one arm. There's no way that he could have snatched her off the road. This story is just a bunch of craziness adopted by federal authorities desperate to solve the case. In 2019, uh, the FBI searched Herman's home, that cousin, and found nothing. And I'm not really sure why it took them so long. I assume, again, because of, like, red tape. Because That's what I was thinking. Prisoner guy came out in 2017. So then by that time, yeah, like two years to search the house. I don't know. So, And at one point, cadaver dogs hit on a scent near the Santee River where the phone was originally taken. And a private investigation group made up of retired homicide detectives, which, like, that's Hell awesome. yeah. Um, were asked by local law enforcement to aid in the search for Brittany, and they said that they found physical evidence buried in the dirt that ties Brittany to that area, but the FBI hasn't looked into it because it wasn't found by law enforcement. Which sucks. Like, Just I get it because t- it's, it's so hard because, like, the rules put in place like chain usually, of custody issue. Because they have no way of knowing, yeah, you know, they right. have no... Like, I get it, but it's like, fuck. So it's just sitting. It's just sitting and hasn't been tested. And they're, like, trying to get the FBI to do something, and, like, they they won't. So Jesus, fuck, man. But, you know, I mean, like, on one hand, I get it, because they can't, like, they they don't have They don't know where it came from. Right, et cetera. But at the same time, when, you know, somebody finds a body, you know, and calls it in, it's not like they're like, well... We don't know if there's really a body there, so we're not going to come out and look, you know? I mean, come on. In May 2019, a home belonging to the Taylor family burned down. Mm. And it was right near the stash house mentioned by Taquan Brown. Sure. Mm -hmm. People think that this was the Taylor family getting nervous and destroying evidence. What year was this? 2019. And then that's, was that after the search warrant for... Herman's place? Uh, it just says, I know that they searched Herman's home in 2019, and okay. then in May was when the house burned down, so they must have been it earlier. I'm wondering, yeah. yeah. I'm wondering if that's what spooked them. Well, yeah. Yeah. I guess that time frame would totally make sense. Yeah. You guys are bringing up a lot of points that I hadn't thought of. Um, there were no obvious signs of arson. But there was no power going to the house. Taquan Brown has filed a suit against Munoz. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, and I'm sorry if I'm not. Because he claims that he told this to them in confidence, and by them putting his name out, he's saying that Timothy Deshaun Taylor now has a hit out on him for $15,000. So Taquan Brown has filed a suit against Munoz, Holiday, and other federal officials whom he said had publicly identified him 
Um, by doing so, they gave him a reputation as a snitch, which put his life in danger. And he claimed that uh, Taylor's offered 15000 to anyone who kills Brown and that he's already been assaulted multiple times in prison. Timothy Deshaun Taylor issued a statement in response to Munoz's testimony about Brown's allegations. He said, quote, I had no involvement with anything to do with Brittany Drexel. I don't know Taquan Brown and I don't know why he would call my name. I'm being prosecuted again for a crime I already helped them solve and already did my time for, all because some guy in prison is trying to cut a deal. It's not fair to be charged for the same crime twice, and that's not how our system is supposed to work. And Timothy Deshaun Taylor claimed, like, double jeopardy. He was like, you can't do this. You can't try me for the same, like, thing. And they're like, this is completely different. You're stupid. Um... (laughs) And it's funny because I watched a, I had heard about like a documentary where he had been questioned and I couldn't find it. And then I accidentally came across it on YouTube. I was like, oh, fuck, that's the one I was trying to find. And there's a part where he's being interviewed. In the interview, uh, the interviewer says, do you want to say anything to Brittany Drexel's family? And he says, I apologize for what happened to their family. And the interviewer goes, do you see how that could be perceived a little like weird? An admission yeah. of guilt? What happened to your family? Yeah, and he was like, uh, normally people would say, like, I'm so sorry for their loss or yeah. like something. It's weird that you said, I apologize for their family's loss or whatever he said. You know, any evidence that's been made public, they, they believe you're involved. Anything that you would say to them? Um, I would tell them deeply, I apologize for their loss. And I sincerely do apologize for their loss. And I honestly hope that they find who've done this and give them justice. But I honestly don't have anything or have any information. I've never saw her. I've never seen her. I've never been in a in close space with her. I've never seen her physically. As I'm sitting here looking at you now. And I truly and truly deeply apologize for their loss. And if there's any information that I could find out, and as I was being corporate with the FBI so far, I would continue to be corporate with them. People are going to hear that you said you apologize. <laughs> I think they're going to misinterpret. Maybe they'll misinterpret the the word apologize. Yes, what I mean by that is I'm being sincere for it. Isn't it just, loss. it's I weird. Why is he talking like this? Is he drugged? Probably, That's what it seems like to me. Taylor's attorneys, David Ayler and Mark, I don't know if it's Pepper or Piper or P-E-P-E-R, added that the federal government was engaged in a, quote, far-reaching and blatant abuse of the criminal justice system. Chad Drexel posted on Facebook after this whole thing. This is a gnarly post on Facebook. Quote, I would like to set the record straight with a strong reply to Joan Taylor's comments to the Post Courier in South Carolina this past Friday. Based on evidence the FBI and the Myrtle Beach Police Department has gathered, along with facts and specific information gathered from a team of private investigators that I hired to work with law enforcement that I hired to work with law enforcement actively during the case, parentheses, which will soon come to light. We have no doubt that Timothy Deshaun Taylor played a significant role in the abduction and murder of my daughter. Of course, the mother of Timothy Deshaun Taylor is going to defend her son. As a father, I can understand a need to defend your children. What I do not understand is defending your children when you must know the truth. Her assumptions and words stated have been verified incorrect and couldn't be farther from the truth. We know Timothy Deshaun Taylor was witnessed by others, parentheses, witnesses not in jail, end parentheses, with my daughter. We're just praying that they do the right thing and stop and step forward with what they know. 
Additionally, he has been seen and followed to be the in the exact area where my daughter's DNA was found. Joan Taylor claimed that the FBI and government are falsely accusing her son because of witnesses in jail. Well, we have other specific evidence that I cannot disclose at this time for the safety of my daughter's case, which corroborates these testimonies. Timothy Deshaun Taylor is, an, is known to be involved in dogfighting, bringing drugs to parties, and raping women, parentheses, mostly Caucasian young women. He either picks up unwillingly or friends of friends that end up being drugged and taken there. This is only the beginning. There's a ton of more evidence and horrible info we'd like the public to be aware of for their safety, but we're unable to disclose at this time. Without a doubt, Timothy Deshaun Taylor is the suspect in my daughter's disappearance and murder. My family and I will be following the FBI's request to keep specific details in our daughter's case under wraps until this horrible piece of trash goes to prison for life. After the guilty verdict, we will be happy to dispel these fairy tales that are being spun by Timothy's family. It is disgraceful the way this family and their friends are supporting and claiming innocence of a proven felon without even looking at the evidence presented and the facts surrounding the case. Also adding this piece of trash photo so everyone can see who he is. Please keep this family in our Brittany in your prayers. If you're a podcast junkie like we are, you've probably considered starting your own. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. If you've ever considered starting a podcast, this is your sign. Start one. Follow the link in our show notes to let Buzzsprout know that we sent you, and you'll get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. All you need is a microphone and a quiet place. Listen, I'm literally on my bed with a blanket over my head talking to you right now. I promise it's easy and you can do it almost anywhere. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world and start your podcast today. As of four months ago, Horry County was ranked first in South Carolina for reports of human trafficking for the third straight year. Oh, wow. According to South Carolina's Attorney General Alan Wilson. And Horry County is a 36-minute drive from Brittany's hotel. There was a 15% increase in 2021 with a steady increase in the number of children and youth who have been identified as victims. If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Brittany Drexel, please contact the Myrtle Beach Police Department at 843-918-1000 or call the FBI tip line at 1-800-CALL-FBI. A $25,000 reward is being offered by the FBI for information that leads to the arrest of those responsible. And her description, she's a Caucasian female born on October 7th, 1991 with brown hair hair and blue-green eyes. At the time of her disappearance, she had blonde highlights in her hair. She was 5 feet tall and weighs 103 pounds. She has pierced ears and nose. She wears blue-tinted contact lenses, and she was last seen wearing a white teal and gray, uh, like, spaghetti strap tank top, black shorts, and white or silver flip-flops. Candlelight vigils have been held in Brittany's honor in the hopes of keeping the case in the public eye. And her mom, Dawn, set up Brittany's Little Angels, which is a nonprofit organization that looks to shine a light on missing persons cases and those who have been forced into human trafficking. It provides long-term advocacy services as well as support for families of missing children and and trafficking victims. And Dawn hopes to raise enough money through the organization that it can fund families in their search for their loved ones. You know, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, I don't honestly know whether I should hope that she's still alive, which would mean she's been being trafficked since, what, 2009? Mm -hmm. Um, 
or if it would be better for her if she was dead. Her family, not alive. Her family believes she's dead. That's the only thing I can see that is at least they kind Seems of to make the most sense. Well, yeah, and it, they it kind of gives them just tiny bit of like a closure kind of like i mean yeah this is yeah i mean not like that it kind of fits and makes sense even though there's not a body or evidence to put the people away in 2017 a a memorial was set up in rochester's david park where Brittany used to play soccer and it was funded through donations from the public from the public and features a plaque underneath a cherry tree um, in October of 2018, Don held a weekend retreat in Myrtle Beach for mothers who have either lost children or have missing children. Um, and its aim was to encourage healing and growth by finding strength in numbers. Wow. And Don's goal is to fight for legislation that will help families to keep their jobs while searching for missing children. And she aims to raise awareness and spread education by visiting mm-hmm. schools and sharing Brittany's story. In the Dr. Phil interview, her mom straight up asks Peter, she's like, why didn't you drive her home? Why it was a five minute drive. Why couldn't you drive her home instead of making her walk? But anyway, when she says, why didn't you drive her? He says, I was in spring break. Okay. Like I wasn't there to babysit anybody. Yeah. These fucking kids, man. Let me tell you something. As anything, I'm from New York, Rochester. Um, It's a, you know, 14, 15 hour drive. Um, We were there for a whole week. Our checkout time was in the morning, Sunday morning. So we decided to leave at two o'clock because we, why would you want to leave Sunday in the middle of a day when it's a tourist town? Did you, had you already planned to leave that what? morning yeah, that at 2 a.m.? Was that yeah. something planned? Not or you at, just, well, yeah. uh, and at that time? leaving at 5 or 6 a.m. Uh-huh. So you just were up and left anyway, huh? Well, yeah, we, we already pre-packed before we even went out that night to go to a party. All right. Yeah, I, I'm here with Brittany's no, parents. Don, Chad, is there anything that you would like to, to ask this young man? Uh, Don, go ahead. Well, you know, I had spoke with Peter that evening um, as soon as I found out that Brittany was missing. Okay. And, I mean, he, this, what he was telling me just didn't add up. I mean, he was giving me three different scenarios and and things like that. And that's why, you know, we thought he may know something. Because, I mean, any kind of friend, I don't care if you're a guy, I don't care if you're a girl, if you knew that Brittany was walking that far from one hotel to the other, if you're a gentleman, why wouldn't you walk my daughter to her hotel or drive her there Knowing it was dark out that night. And not only Mm -hmm. that, the kids that they were with, Jen and the other, uh, uh, Alana, I mean, they. Yeah, this that just body bothers me because really I tried yeah. to call them on the phone. Peter was, was working with me as far as trying to get them on the phone. They wouldn't answer my phone. So, what did these kids want? me or her father to think i mean it's just it just doesn't look right it, it's fishy go ahead peter okay first of all i did talk to Brittany about why she wa- was walking the strip by herself <laughs> and earlier that day you know she said oh for the last three nights I, I walk by myself oh it doesn't bother me i'm fine i'm like and i'm like well I, I, I didn't even go anywhere by myself because it's it. it's pretty bad down there. Um, it's pretty what? bad, so I'm going to let you off. When yeah. she left her hotel, the sun was still up. 
And I offered, I offered her a ride, and she's like, no, no, it's okay, it's okay. And she acted like there was no worry at all for her to walk all the way back again. No way she would You did offer her a ride. That's full of shit. The problem with this whole thing are all the innuendos. Oh, my God, lawyer. Yeah, and he just has, like... He starts to get like an attitude yeah, with her mom, I, and he gets mm-hmm. very like, "I was on spring break. It wasn't my job to mm-hmm. babysit her." And she's like, "You're supposed to be like friends with her, dude." Also, yeah. what if you're not friends with someone, like you don't just. I would walk a stranger home if yeah. I, you know well, what I mean. And that was the, well, that's what I was thinking earlier was that you know if these kids, club promoter Peter, and the two girls. If they weren't involved, they're still really, really shitty, selfish, awful people. Yeah, and yeah. they haven't said a single thing. They both are like on Instagram because they don't think they lives. give a shit because they don't care. They didn't care about her, so they no. don't care if she's there. They don't care if she died. Do you think that they had anything to do with it? <sighs> I mean, I don't. Here's here's. Mm. I don't know exactly what their motivation would be other than if they just really hated her. But if they really hated her. What if they did it for drugs? That's exactly what I was just thinking. I mean. More money. If you did. I mean, that's possible, too. I mean, it sounds like they set her up to be in a particular place for these guys to snatch her. If Peter had something to do with it. I think Peter had. Like, either owed them money or owed them something. The girls also seem stupid enough to be like, all we have to do is bring her down there. Yeah. That's all we have to do. And then we can just pretend like nothing happened. Yeah. No conscience at all. Like, I feel like that's a way how you... He knows so, so, so much more than he's The fact that he literally won't even make eye contact with her. Yeah, the whole time... So I get the feeling that he is more involved than the girls, but I think the girls know more than what they're saying. Oh, yes. I haven't said jack shit. Like who have they been questioned? I couldn't find if they had been questioned. Like what the fuck? That's so weird. Usually that's what you do. It's a crazy story, eh? It's a super crazy story. It's so sad. I know. It's a bummer. It makes me like want us to like do a, Follow up on location, you know. Oh, yeah. But yeah. we're really far from South. I don't want to go to Myrtle Vegas. I'm good. Myrtle yeah. Vegas. I don't ever need to yeah. go back to Myrtle Vegas. It is a crazy story. I'm uh, buddy system. The most mad about all these fucking kids that yeah. took her on this and then put her in this situation. I mean, obviously the other Deshaun, but but Deshaun, uh, Timothy Deshaun Taylor. Tim is lying as well, but I just think he's highly medicated. It is like so used to this life that he's just like, yeah. And he was, he would have been like 17 at the time Mm. of the abduction. Mm -hmm. Um, which he grew up with this, obviously, with his dad. So it's just selling out. The thing is, again, there's no proof, there's just really suspicious behavior. So everyone thinks that that's what happened. Um, and alligators are fucking ruthless, and so are boar. They yeah, fucking yeah. eat you whole, man. So so are human traffickers when yeah. they're put in a corner and they're like, oh. So the FBI, yeah, they're like, we know that she was trafficked for at least a month. If he, if Tim wasn't a part of it, the dad was totally does, a bigger part then. Does anybody think that she could possibly still be alive? Um, I mean, I'm sure that there are. Because there's no proof. Again, like there's right, there's yeah. obviously a chance that she could be alive, but and still be being trafficked. However, from the way that that interview or the way that that questioning looked was like we have a lot more 
like information than the public has right now. Right. The, it oh, was yeah. very like I'm multiple sure people and in person witnesses. Yeah, and I'm sure there's so out. much more because they can't. So which they won't everything. release because it's an ongoing investigation. Yeah. And I just want to be clear: his dad was never charged with that getting out of the van, picking up a girl situation. Mm. Which is just like... They said it was him, but like he had an alibi, so I just want to be clear, that was alleged. Oh yeah, this is all alleged. It was all alleged, but... Alleged, alleged, it's just, it, it. was it. A, quite the coincidence to have your dad also get in trouble. Right, it's just, yeah. Yeah, it's just too many... Mm. Too many coincidences. Yes, Exactly. Well, um, you can follow us on Instagram and email us. Strings of crime. Remember who you are, what you represent. Yeah. And don't be an asshole. Take people home. Walk them home. Buddy system. Always be a buddy. Always Um, be a buddy. Girls, you know, it's a lot lot easier and you'll be a lot happier building each other up than trying to tear each other down. And if you're having a hard time with girls right now, we understand. Yeah. You can write us. It does get better. It, it does. It does. Oh, I mean, God, it does. It does. Also, leave us a five-star review. Yeah. Leave us five-star review. Even if you don't care. Even, even if, if you, you don't, don't like think us. we're worth five stars, <laughs> I would still like the review, please. That would be helpful. Love Peace. you. Okay, bye, bye, bye. Peace. Bye. bye. Hey, Weirdlings, have you ever listened to a podcast and thought, man, I could do this? Well, guess what? That's exactly what we did, and you can too. Podcasting is a fun, inexpensive, and easy way to expand your reach online. Whether you have a message that you want to share with the world, just think having your own talk show would be cool, or you're looking for a new marketing or revenue stream, Buzzsprout has you covered. We can confirm that they're hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed on all of the major podcast directories within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping all of us succeed. Join 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout, and let's get your message out to the world. If you're ready to get started on your podcast, follow the link in our show notes and you'll get a $20 Amazon gift card and it helps support our show too. So what are you waiting for? Start your new podcast today.